So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Welcome back, another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast. Your host Archie here along with Toby and Leo. Sorry we've been away for a couple of weeks having to come to terms with some of these decisions in the last couple of rounds of the Rugby Championship. A lot of heartbreak, but we do crown All Blacks once again as Rugby Championship winners for 2022. Um, Followed up reasonably closely by Springboks, Australia in third and Argentina back and forth, a little bit different to where we were looking after those first couple of rounds. We'll quickly go through some of these games first in the second last round. Um, and Australia did go down to the All Blacks in Melbourne in front of a big crowd at Marvel Stadium on a Thursday night, 39 to 37. And boys, I don't want to go through everything that happened in this game, but um, what's what's your key takeaway um, in this in this one? we showed that we could you know fight back into these games as we have particularly the 14 men um like we had that game in the bag essentially we, we should have been able to control it out and that would have been a massive um sort of storyline for melbourne weird, weird thursday night game but big attendance and and the wallabies had the, that mental strength um after after a disappointing loss to south africa um, to come back and, and run the All Blacks down, um, it would make the end of the rugby championship kind of standings and the and the storyline for the Wallabies for that that period of this year very different. I think, unfortunately, it's um, come down to some some decisions and you know to be fair, some some confusion and disorganisation in the team, not being able to get the kick away into touch and and chase it through before they got penalised. Yeah, and I think obviously that refereeing decision really sticks out in my mind as something that was very notable, obviously, and I don't agree with the decision. It was out of kind of the bounds of what a referee would normally rule upon, but technically correct maybe, and Foley was warned. And I guess kind of takes away from Foley's comeback to the Wallabies scene, which I think he still can cut it at Wallabies level, um, obviously in the second game, he had a bit of a concussion and hopefully that's not something that continues to plague him because in the past he have ha- has had some issues with that. But um, overall, I was happy with the fact he's back. I think at least taking us through to the, to the World Cup, he's a, a really solid option, particularly if Quaid isn't back in the fray and Jock doesn't regain his form. I think Foley is, a, is someone that we could, along with Noah, build upon. And we'll probably see that into the spring tour. But just the last bit of that game really undermined, I think, his comeback. And that would have been the storyline had we won that game. Now, the other big sort of moment in this game, at least in New Zealand media, was um, Darcy Swain's uh, yellow carding offence with his sort of targeting of the knee of Quintapaya um, for this. And now initial um, reports were that it was an MCL and a partial ACL tear, but it sounds like on further imaging has been worsened. So Quintify is looking at nine months on the sideline and is on a race against the clock to get back for the World Cup next year. Um, Darcy Swain copped a six-week ban for this. Um, people now blowing up all over social media, calling for him, should she should have copped a nine-month ban as well because the guy's out for nine months. What's your thoughts in terms of was it an intentional thing from Darcy Swain? Should it be a harsher sort of punishment? Um, or are we are we not letting the outcome of these sort of impacts um, impact the punishment? Yeah, I, I don't think you can let the outcome dictate the punishment um, because you could do the exact same thing and have a wide variety of results based on some real marginal differences. 
Um, I think I think it probably probably punishment fits the crime roughly. Certainly comparing to like a nine month absence, I don't think Darcy went in there with that intent. I think the the way he sort of swings his arm, it was like he was um, trying to punch the ball out or or trying to get it swing his arm in to to get a bind on someone somewhere he didn't think he was going to reach easily. Um, but it was sloppy and it was reckless and. Um, the thing that annoys me more probably is that, again, we're not seeing consistency. Um, Scott CEO's out with a dodgy hamstring from getting folded up by um, Fletcher, whatever his name is. Fletcher Newell. Fletcher Newell, that's it. And, and like, similar type of circumstance clearing and, and like, you know, depending on how, how many slow-mos you want to put it through, like, targeting the player in a certain way and, and the outcome of that is an injury and a player is not going to, he's not even in the spring tour. Um, was it in the spring tour list? No, hang on, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, but he's, but he's, yeah, it's, I think he's, I think he's carrying that injury now. So that doesn't even get a look in. And you just feel like there's, there's a lot of instances in games where people do things that are probably um, contrary to the laws in smaller or larger ways they don't all get picked up and the game just really suffers from the micromanagement of the tmo um obviously that one i think was probably worthy of the sighting and it was pretty bad but there's others that are bad that get overlooked and it just just feels disproportionate um and and un- inconsistent um so in, in that in that sense i guess it sucks for darcy it d- definitely sucks for quinta buy it's horrible for him terrible timing with the world cup next year um but like if that's gonna if that's gonna happen to Darcy, there's some other guys out there that are um, running their luck at the moment. But perhaps we've found a legitimate way to beat the All Blacks by taking out all of their knees and only copping six months per player, or six weeks per six player. Six weeks per player. Do <laughs> that fifteen so times. Kamikaze, kamikaze bench. It's a bit of a plot of now effort in those tackles, and we could be onto something. But no, I think it's horrible for for Quinn, obviously, and Darcy wouldn't have been intending to hurt him in that way i'm sure there's a lot of frustration there and i don't think darcy has aggression issues but he's a bit of a fiery character at times and i was again like leo said a bit of a sloppy attempt at a clean out and these things happen in rugby we can't be surprised when you see these types of injuries it happens you know every game there is a serious injury generally um whether it be to the head or the body it's it's just the way it goes and um it's a shame. I think Darcy will learn again from the like the, the, I don't with know the headbutt effort versus England. I think this is probably another wake up call for him. But I think you know next year will be better for it. He'll suffer these sort of punishments and he'll learn and become a better player. Um, either way, our lock stocks are looking pretty strong depth wise, so I think we'll be fine for the spring tour. Mm-hmm. But you might see Will Skelton come into the squad as well, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I didn't have a huge problem with that cleaner. I think it was a shame to Pye, but he could have could have been slightly less clean contact on that knee, and he would have been fine. So it's just how these things kind of play out. Yeah. So I mean, I agree that I don't think it was an intentional thing, but it is becoming a bit of a habit with Darcy Swain doing these things that are a little bit reckless um, and letting probably wanting wanting to be aggressive and be passionate and be sort of. Um, assert himself into a game and he does it in a poor fashion and cops then cards on bands. So I think it's just making him less likely to be picked. As you said, our lock stocks are getting better. Our depth is getting better. And to be honest, it would make me want to pick someone like a Caden Neverall or a Nick Frost over Darcy if you know that he's not going. they're not going to um, typically cause sort of these big, um, if they're not going to get a card a game or they're not going to cop a ban and then you're going to be without them for weeks and weeks but i think he'll learn like he's still we forget how young he is as well yeah but he's done it so many times though it's not like it hasn't been that many we looked at that after the england card didn't we that he hadn't been carded that much he's actually he's actually usually been quite quite good and when he'd been carded he was often like the you know we'd been warned on the line and it was a scrum goes down or a mall goes down and he's just kind of the guy who, who picked up the card it wasn't something obviously um, reckless or or um, sort of professional foul directly from him. It was kind of a victim of circumstance at times. But what I, I think he's got to risk now that he's had these two in this year and whether or not it was justified, 
on the first, like after the second, the 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 there's no good um, standing or like what's the referees how they view him. That's right. Like player. his 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 standing or his the perception of him will have changed in the last twelve months. I think before that you wouldn't have said he was that reckless or any more than anyone else. And I think this year he's maybe he's tried to step it up a bit, but he got he got targeted in that the, by the English. Um, you know, the, the headbutt was pretty pretty nothing, but obviously they, they need to stamp on that sort of stuff. And then this has had a terrible outcome for the opposition player and he looks really dirty. And obviously the New Zealand um, media, very parochial, are going to beat it up pretty hard. So he's he's got to temper that now because the, the problem will be any anything after this just reinforces that perception. Um, and, and you don't want as a player to have that perception in the coach's mind, even if they've sort of seen past the, reporting if they start to believe it a little bit too subconsciously then that's going to be a difference between Mm. you know rising stars like frost returning stars like rotter um you know neville's equally good in line outs and malls at disrupting things there's there's reasons not to pick darcy if you if you give them that ammo exactly so obviously really disappointing to go down um by two there in melbourne and it gave us sort of a lot of hope um going into eden park obviously that we all know the history behind that um, you boys came over to join me in Auckland so we could go to this one and didn't, didn't turn out the way that we hoped, um, 40 points to 14. And to be honest, it was lo- the Wallabies were lucky to get any points really in this game. Um, it took a special effort from Pete Simon in the 58th minute to spark that first try um, and then a bit of a consolation try after the final whistle um, as well to join Padaya. So key takeaways from the second blood as low guys. Uh I can't say I'm surprised with that result. I think in Melbourne, I wasn't particularly confident. And the fact that we did get close in that game meant that maybe I was a little bit more bullish on our chances here. And obviously, because we were at the game, we wanted a positive result. But Wallabies completely outplayed. I think their discipline was poor. Their execution was poor. Um, And yeah, like I think in the end, we were lucky to get those points on the board at all. So look, Eden Park is another ground. The stadium is... You know, it's a great stadium, but nothing special really in the context of stadiums overall. Like there's no hoodoo there. We're just not playing well. And there's a strong crowd presence for New Zealand fans there, obviously. And I don't think there's anything. We don't need to change our game much to go there and play. We just need to play our natural game and make sure that we're disciplined and we execute. And that's two things that we've really, I think, had trouble with this year generally. So we've been hit and miss. We've been inconsistent and that showed through again in this game. Yeah, it's it's been very hot, cold, hot, cold, win, loss, win, loss. And then I guess if, if we pulled off the Melbourne win, it would have just been win, loss, win, loss, win, loss for the rugby championship. And that's the main criticism being levelled at, at the players and Rennie is you guys can't back it up. Like you had these inspirational performances where in a lot of circumstances we pulled out a win. Unfortunately, Melbourne, we, we didn't quite. Um, and then the next week we just... We're just a, a tier two, tier three level team. Um, I don't think it helps that obviously we're not we're not running with our full strength team, though neither were the All Blacks. Um, but you know, like having having Samuel Karevi is he's the guy we're always going to come back to. I'm I'm seeing articles this week um, looking for some sort of big change, talking about throw throw money at Samuel Karevi, bring him back, make him captain, get him get him in the team every week. Just make sure um, his knees okay first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's obviously not fit at the moment, but well, that, that's the sort of thing. People just see him as such a, a key player, and the 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 confidence in the team, I think, is is different. You you substitute Fiketti out for Karevi, big difference. So um, yeah, we didn't play well. We're we're running with a few, um, you know, of our second or third string guys, um, but we just didn't we just didn't compete. Um, the All Blacks were pretty dominant we, we we held out that first 20 minutes like when we had the two yellow cards after 20 minutes we'd been down to 14 men um for quite a lot of that first 20 and it was still nil all and then it was 17 nil at half time so that's not terrible but we just didn't look like scoring that was the bigger issue we'd, we'd actually defended not too yeah, badly but we, yeah we never had the ball and when we did we weren't doing anything great with it there were easy turnovers um basic errors it just, yeah, it just it just wasn't coming together, and and that's that that cold cycle in the hot cold, hot cold for us. So 
they've got to do something and I don't know what it is. I don't know what you do in sports when your team is seemingly kind of just mentally hamstrung week to week. Um, can't seem to get the confidence up to to play back-to-back games with the sort of enthusiasm and intensity as a 15. Like people like Pete Samu, they he brought that like he had that all game. Someone like Hooper when he's there yeah, has that all game. Only sort of positive aspects to come out of those that game or last two games is him showing it's that he can be Pete one and, yeah, yeah, an 80-minute player and also be effective and impactful for 80 minutes. Yeah, against I the think- All Blacks, which is not insignificant. Like if you look at our individual pieces, I think at full strength when we don't have these injuries, we have the team to be in the top three globally. But we need all those players when they're picked all together to fire at the same time. And it feels like there's kind of within the team almost with those individuals, there's those hot, cold performances as well, which is a problem. We need everyone kind of in unison and firing. And from all reports, the group is really tight. It's it's a good training environment. It's a pretty positive environment to be in. And I think that's true. It's looked like that the last couple of years under Rennie. Like, I think he's really brought the team together in the right way, but we're not getting the results. And that's what it comes down to. We're ranked ninth in the world now. Um, it doesn't get much worse than this. And Rennie's record's under 40% as a coach. In previous years, this wouldn't be stood for. He'd be gone already. But I think they can see that it's not entirely a coaching issue. Like I'm sure there are some aspects that can be improved on that front, but we've got some really, really good people in the box. there trying to get these guys right and they're just not performing on the day. So I think that's why the board are willing to stand by Rennie and his team. Um, and now it's really comes back to it's on the players. Problem is if you just get disgruntled as a coaching or selecting panel with a lot of these guys that aren't performing and you start to try and turn to, second or third tier guys that are in line there and give them an opportunity that can also mean that the performances can be lacking as well because you don't have your top guys playing. So spring tour might be an opportunity to, to kind of chance your arm a bit more, but at the moment yeah, we need wins on the board. Sam Whitelock's try in this. Was it a try? No. I think they were forced to call it on field because the referee had already said try. So to overturn that is extremely difficult. If he'd said, look, I'm not sure. Can we check that? I don't think they would have awarded not it. conclusive, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. To me, I thought he lost possession at some point. And if there's an Australian hand there supporting the ball, then even if he gets back to it, it's us grounding it in goal. Mm. So... That was a sensible call to make, I think, and they did do that. I think there are a few calls like that in in the game, and I think when you're at Eden Park, when it's the All Blocks with that aura, the referees do get caught up a little bit in that um, that feeling of the place, and there are certain 50-50 calls that seem to go their way, but we put ourselves in that position as well. So, yep. yeah. Should Jordan Pataya's Wallaby career be over? <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I can say yes. 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 I think yes. I don't think for now. Yes, yes. He'd for have now, to, yeah, he'd that's, have to that's the caveat. He, he yeah. has to be. He has to be out for now. I, I don't see any need to pick him in the twenty-three in the squad for some time. He's he's well, never had a full super out of the season. I don't know how he gets better if he's not in the squad. But there's he probably other people. He proves that he can play play club rugby, super rugby, same way Jordan's O'Connor. Go play NPC yeah. or whatever you need to do. Like yeah, improve yourself because you're not you're not good enough. You make too many errors, bad decisions. Like yeah, I can I can understand the athleticism. We're trying to find that guy that's like the next Israel Folau. It could be Suni Vulavalu if he gets a chance, and he can he needs to improve as well. By the way, we can talk about that later. But I think. Jordy has the building box there, but he's he's not even close at the moment. So to put him in the wall of his 23 is just making it worse. He's just yeah, not ready. He's taking a position out of someone who won't, I don't well, I think a lot of people who could be there won't make the same sorts of errors and could get a lot out of development. And I don't know how many tests does Jordy have now? Is he up to 20 probably, tests yet? Probably like 20, yeah. He's he's had a lot of opportunity and he's very inconsistent. And the whole groundswell out of certain media groups for the whole Geordie at fullback thing. Tim like Horan, that is just Tim Horan, born, yeah. that's just born out as complete nonsense. Actually, Arch, Toby and I saw him at the airport. We saw Horan um, when we were <laughs> getting ready. Should, should have walked over to him and gone, what is your what is your thing with Geordie at 15? 
makes no sense, mate. Justify it to me right now. Because I, I, anyway, that's got to be dead in the water. I, I agree that it's, it, his opportunity should be tests. finished for now. There you go. Um, and if he can prove himself and win win back into that group, I think, but I think he'll struggle because there's a lot of young guys when we start talking about Australia A, there's a lot of young guys coming through who look pretty solid and and we should be giving them opportunities. We've got five years now to the Australian World Cup hosts um, showcase. Like we want those guys in there and, and, and smashing. And I don't think Geordie's going to be there. So if you'd played Andrew Kellaway at fullback for the Wallabies at 22 or off the bench, he wouldn't have been nearly like near enough ready. He's he's gone away. He's matured his game, and he's come back a completely different player in his mid twenties. I think Jordan Pate is probably say two three years away if he keeps working on his craft to get to that next level to be ready. Yeah, yeah, that's more or so less getting out of the Wallabies. Yeah. Um, and final thing I want to talk about in this game, uh, we saw obviously multiple injuries, meaning that Geordie Barrett got picked at 12. Um, one, do you think that experiment worked? Do you think that's a potential future combination for the All Blacks going into a World Cup year? And two, does that mean Roger Tuovashashek's um, All Black dream should be more or less considered over? I don't think it didn't work. Like, I don't think it was a failure. I don't know if it's their their best um, their best option going forward. Maybe in the short term it is because of the, the number of injuries they've got coming into this series and and leaving it now. Um, but yeah, I mean it's pretty it's pretty damning for him that you know he's basically a specialist 12. Pretty much like did he start how many of the super rugby games for the blues would he have started at 12? Well, like every game that he started, he was at 12. He was he 12, had that right? Injury, so, so I missed a few weeks. But yeah, what yeah. I find interesting is any of these league guys, whether it's a forward or back, come in and they generally play 12. Like yeah. it's these days, it's strange. But yeah, look, I think he's a good player still. I just think there's probably better options. And though they're a bit thin at 12, if you look at it across the board. I mean, well, that's what I mean. Be, I think but, they're thin, but they obviously, to me, they just wanted to make sure Bowden they, was in there. But, that but maybe Antoine Leonard Brown's the answer. But you've got now, that means you've got Good ALB, Havili, Tapia, are all people that they're going to play 12 in front of him. Probably Goodhue as well, they'd play in 12 ahead of him. So that means he's, when they're healthy, fifth string. But even when those three, four people are out, he's still not there. sub Jordan. Yeah. He gets, yeah, that, he gets that almost that special treatment, though, because of his profile, I think, in New Zealand. I'm and sure his contract is guaranteed he gets into the All Black squad and they're probably like, we have to get him a, a couple of caps in here. Yeah. But that almost means that it's less like... like. I mean, look, I'll take him at the Wallabies, 100%. I don't think he's a bad player, but... Yeah, is he just more of a... Is his game a little bit more one-dimensional for, for Union? Mm. You know, he's got a good offload. He's He's a decent distributor. He's not amazing. Um, he was playing fullback Jordy's... last for the Warriors, right? That was the last position he was yeah, playing. Yeah, fullback. yeah, yeah fullback. So it's a lot. It's a lot of catch and hit up, right? A little yeah. bit of kicking, a little bit of injectors, like a second distributor, but probably a lot of crash over. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know that it's really translating into much more than just a, a ball running twelve and the occasional to kind of dribbly grubber through, and that's just not going to cut it when you when you can keep the kicking. Now, of Geordie in the team, and that is a big asset he brings, but also find a way like that, that putting him at 12 was finding a way to put Bowden at 15 without losing what Geordie has. And you go, Well, he's big enough to just run it, that they're going to have to pay attention to him at 12, but they're also going to have to think he, he could pass, he could kick, he could run. Um, I don't think that's threats there with RTS mm. at the moment, or at least other teams wouldn't see it that way, and so. If he gets the ball, you're probably expecting him to just carry and make sure you contain the offload. That's more or less what you need to do against Rog. That's it, yeah. I think it just solidified me compared to, like, obviously the easiest comparison is, like, Sonny Bill um, from five, ten years ago. And Sonny Bill was in there, and obviously there was a lot more confidence that they could either either tailor their game around someone like that at 12, and maybe it's because they did. Their other option was, like, a Ma'anonu. So it was a bit of a similar um, person that has sort of more of a bullocking 
run and looking for offloads off him as opposed to a second playmaker outright. Mm. But yeah, it just sort of solidifies the fact that he's probably not going to get, he's not going to be not that big look. sort yeah. of impactful player to come into the All Blacks a year before the World Cup. Maybe not this year, but I mean, the guys we mentioned, like ALB's 30 what now? Yeah, I think he's 31. So like, you know, that's that's one guy who's going to age out. Um, Quintapai, very young. Tapai's oh, young. No, ALB's kind of... Oh, is he? Yep. Goodness gracious. Jesus has been around or playing at a high level since he's quite young. Yep. Um, so right, yeah. So Tapai's well, actually then. two years older than ALB. Yeah. What? Well, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, well, I mean, put that put that fact in there, and he yeah, should he's probably definitely... go to Japan. Is what we're saying. He's he probably should. With, yeah, with we'll back to NRL. Mm, there you go. Um, Besties. So the other games, obviously, over in Argentina and the South Africa during this, um, the Springboks won both of these first by sixteen points, thirty six to twenty, and then thirty eight to twenty one. Um, some fairly similar games, heavily penalised, multiple penalty tries in both games, multiple yellow cards in both games. Um, the Pumas did look like they were sort of holding in there in the first game at home, um, but two late tries in the last six minutes um, let South Africa get ahead and um, take hold of that one. And similarly, really, in the in the second game, um, the last sort of 10 minutes, some late tries, including a penalty try to South Africa, um, mean that they... Uh, got put themselves in the best possible opportunity to try and take this um, rugby championship. But, yeah, just showed a little bit of inconsistency, I think, from the Pumas and Checkers men, similar to, I think, the Australian team at the same show. It seems that we are quite similar to Argentina in the fact that we can put together these amazing performances, have quite a lot of individual talent, but sometimes these combinations just don't come together at the moment. Just got to hope that Checkers kind of magic doesn't, hasn't run its course already. And he had that really great start to the rugby championship. And now it started to fall away already. But I think yeah. for next year, it's good. I, I'm not sure I'll be coaching the, the Pumas longer term. Yeah, post, post. One or two years, fine. Like, yeah, maybe somewhere else. Yeah. So other news around the trap, we have not heard um, about our spring tour um, squad that will kick off at the end of the month um, in Scotland. Uh, but we do have the Australia A team coming back together, playing uh, a bit of a three-test series against Japan, of which the first game we have just seen um, with the Wallabies or the Australia A taking this one. Um, they were down early on. It was only a low-scoring first half, nine to six, but uh, running in a slew of tries in the second half, and it was 34-22 at full time. Um, boys, thoughts on this? Who put their hand up and who do you think needs to be selected in this spring tour squad? Yeah, there's a lot of individuals who had pretty good showings. Obviously, you know, B team against B team, but um, it, it reinforced that Caden Neville and Nick Frost are quality locks. There's, there's a few line-out jitters, but I think Japan actually did a pretty good job getting up in front, disrupting uh, from what I could see, aside from maybe one or two errant wide throws that the ball was going to land in the hands of the jumper. Uh, it's just jam Japan anticipated it pretty well. Um, so those guys were certainly, certainly strong. Um, Lachlan Lonigan had another um, pretty busy game. Like he's obviously not the biggest guy, but God, he throws himself at people pretty hard. And he, he's actually got quite good low tackling technique. Like he does really wrap ankles and um, bring guys to ground well. So I thought he he was again showing just he's pretty strong. They didn't give Billy Pollard a lot of minutes in this either, so we didn't actually get to see a lot of him. So that's good for good for Nos Lonigan that he's not giving his competition much opportunity to show what he They're can do. They're both the Brumbies, aren't they? Yeah, everyone, yeah, every yeah, bloody well. cookers at the Brumbies. I suppose Falafanga's moved now. Yeah, he's good. Um, so yeah, so th- those guys were good. Um, Ollie Callan had a pretty decent run there at seven. Didn't do much seven stuff, but was was active in in support and made some breaks and made some great cover tackles as well. Um, haven't seen a lot of him, but yeah, thought he was decent. He just didn't look like he didn't look like a Fraser Hooper type clone. He's just a pretty busy back rower. Where's Charlie Gamble? Is he in the squad? No. Is he injured? Or I don't think so. Strange. No. I think yeah. the um. Very strange. I think the the big man at eight, 
might have uh, stolen oh, yeah. his stolen his hype and thunder. Langy Gleeson, yeah, looks excellent, and I think. Just- the motor on him, 80 yeah. minutes. He's going so hard. And he, mm. yeah, by design, it looked like he was always going to be the one to stay on. They were. So. Who was playing? Wait, who was playing for eight for the Tars this year? Will Harris, who was Harris, initially yeah. starting at the, in Australia A um, back in the Pacific Nations Cup, yeah. but then has been over. I'm sure we'll see him again. Oh, yeah. But I think Lane Gleason's more or less locked yeah, in a spot Lane... for that spring tour and probably the starting job yeah. at eight. Um, yeah. I think the Waratahs are. Starting to really build a good forward pack as Massive well. Massive roster. You start talking about all these players for like Australia A seeming to really show up, or a lot of these Walt uh, Moritar players. Again, coming back. Hoops will be there. It's all the point. tens. Tane yeah, Edmund was running the water. Donaldson was out there showing how good he is. The nine ten combination was good. Um, Ryan Lonigan's Ryan Lonigan well. kicking. Fantastic, and his passing man is so accurate. He's so yeah. good off the deck. So he's he's a great one. He's going to be the next nine after this current kind of crop get through. Him Once and Tay will be fighting. Nick White it steps away. Yeah, and I mean Jake's a little bit older now too. Yeah, so Jake Gordon might become the elder statesman, and then yeah, those those other two. So mm. pretty promising. I think overall this game was pretty entertaining, and likely I suggest there are quite a few guys that really were standing up and, and making their mark. And I think just having that extra rugby for people like Nick Frost and Caden Neville, I think is awesome. This window uh-huh. where there isn't much going on, the AFL's just finished up, the NRL will be done today. And then there's, you know, there's a real kind of gap where there's key sports going on in Australia. So I think rugby could probably capitalise on this period in, in future years. But, yeah. More exposure for these guys, more practice on the more of a top level, and it gives them an opportunity to really press for the spring tour. I'd actually go and say we're talking about guys who had a bit of a highlight reel to show. I think there was a couple of guys who unfortunately didn't. Um, like Dalgunu was a bit quiet. Maybe that's not a you know it's not a knock. It's just you know he someone didn't didn't have as much looks a um, bit time there. Tubby. Looks a bit like he's carrying a bit more. He just weight didn't look quite sure. as dynamic as as he has in the past. But the two I was going to highlight, I thought Hudson Crichton didn't have a great game. Looked a bit one dimensional. Um, missed some tackles. Just yeah, not not sure. I, I don't think 13's um, the role he's going to play um, in the next couple of tests or whatever they are friendlies. Um, and I was disappointed at times with Suli. So obviously he scored that try. Um, great effort. He was obviously injecting himself all over the park in this game. A couple of couple of carries in in close succession to get that try and really, you know, force his way over the line. Really dominated the defender. Um, but at other times, when you think about the work rate you get out of Marika, you get out of Callaway, even Tom Wright, like the guy makes errors, but that he's always absolutely thrashing himself to get where he needs to be. And then Sully chasing through for kicks, you know, doesn't doesn't. Um, either tackle the guy or, or make the catch, trying to get up over other people, and isn't isn't giving it everything to get back and defend and, and cover the the support runners. Like it's just not. I think was it Toby? Was it you said last pod or maybe the one before? Like reports out of campus, he's a bit lazy. Like, well, that's, apparently, I, that's he's what I Marika's. Yeah, I think Christy Marika Dora trains the saying, house Marika's down, one and of the best bit... trainers, and Sully's yeah. one of the worst. Mm. So. I think that's, I mean, that's entitlement, pretty like, well that's... represented on the field. His personality yeah. is he's a pretty laid back guy. I think just generally in league, sometimes if you're out of the play, you can just stroll around and people don't get bothered by it. But in this, if he's carrying that over to the, the 15s game where he needs to be covering back on the wing and stuff, like it's it's not that, a good like look. that's the feedback he needs ASAP because if if he ends up going back to league because he feels like he's not getting opportunities, well. If he hasn't got opportunities, it could be because people are seeing things like that and saying, well, you don't deserve them. And that's something you can change. Like you've just got to get in his ear, tell one of the other players out there to just keep at, keep on him, keep reminding him. Effort, but it's kind effort, of effort. Like, it's a little bit chicken and egg, right? If he gets more game time, that will motivate him to train harder probably and take those opportunities further. I think the spring tour is the perfect way of doing that, really giving him that opportunity to to play some quality game time for the Wallabies. And look, and if then he doesn't step up, it's back to the Reds. Um, and if he doesn't impress during Super Rugby, that might be his Wallabies time over, which is a shame. 
But like you said, it's kind of he's only got himself to blame if he's not I, putting on the putting in the effort. You know, I training. understand what you're saying. Like you know, you can incentivize them by giving them a taste, but you know, you don't give them a taste to get them going. There's a lot of guys out there who are already getting going and putting in effort to get the first taste. I, yeah, but he's been paid as, to come over because I think, we see the potential yeah. for him. Everything's yeah. come so easy to him so in you the have past to give him in an league, I imagine. But he and he has had a couple. Anyway, he's, he's got the start really in this game. He's played a how many tests he played? Played one or two? One. He's so got only one? two one like off the, the bench, one but one, the one bench. of them was like a minute and a half a off minute, the bench. Yeah. He made like one good run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, if he's not treating Australia A like a Wallabies game because he's saying, oh, this game doesn't really matter. Like that's to me, that's a bad sign. Um, I imagine he, he probably there. is thinking that. And yeah, well, like, I'm in Japan I, having a good time. I'm, like, I'd be pretty tough on these guys. Like, maybe it's maybe it's not. Well, I'm not a coach. It's, I wouldn't be letting a guy like that take it easy. This is you need to put your game face on. Treat this like a Wallabies test and play your absolute heart out. And then we go right. Well, that's saying we're willing to plug straight into the Wallabies. But if you show little effort because it, it doesn't mean anything, like it means a lot to another 22 guys are out there and however many else are in the squad that didn't get an opportunity. So I think I, I'm not willing to just put him ahead of those for, for the reason that we signed him across. Like he's still got to earn it to a degree. I think that's a little bit harsh though. Like obviously, yeah, defense is definitely the effort, maybe a weaker part of the game, but there was no lack of um, effort in attack. Like it was all over the place showing up on opposite sides of the field, obviously scoring the trial on the opposite wing getting in there for like first up running close to the ruck for hit ups or running as the dummy for another try set up. Like there was yeah, a lot of I saw him injecting himself into the game a lot, which is usually the issue that I have with wingers who we're talking about and have all this attacking prowess and they just get stuck on the wing. So the fact that he did that, that's, that's yeah. a positive sign for me. And twice late, they cut him out to throw the ball to Hannigan out on the wing, and he was in there to, to carry the ruck and, and make sure that we secure the ball and keep going. So it's not like he was, um, you know, just not like shirking his job. Okay, so that's a the, remarkable so, improvement, I'd say. No, no, so that's, I wouldn't say it's remarkable. It's it's good because that's something that the leagues often struggle with is being the only guy there at a ruck. It's a bit of a, we're a bit isolated and you've got to just prop up and, and withstand whatever comes to get the ball back. So... That's good, and and I'll give him credit for that. I just think it's like it, it's it's the you know in attack I'm the attacking weapon. I don't need to defend that hard. Or I don't need to get back in the line somewhere or cover it. Like that's not going to fly at test level. The All Blacks will exploit that massively. So that's what I want to see effort across all um, sort of phases of the game um, in, in order to justify selection. Because these two like it's a gap that every team will have if you have a lazy winger who doesn't get back. Easy to exploit. I mean, it's Easy. it's it's tough as well when you have someone as good as Marie Corabiti there, kind of setting that it's benchmark. Yeah, it's a very difficult spot to hit, and particularly, I mean, I don't want to, you know, dwell on the fact they're both Fijian flyers, but I think that actually plays into it as well. Like Marika is one of the best wingers I would say in the last ten years, and Sully's got to come in and emulate that, and hopefully can do so. I think he'll, like I said, I think he'll start on one of those wings in a lot of these spring tour games and and hopefully really show how good he can be. Mm. So who else out of this um, team that hasn't made already been on a Wallabies cap um, would you be taking in on spring tour or any other people outside um, our current Wallabies squad? Like Jock Campbell, we haven't talked about Jock Campbell. Jock Cam- I think Jock, Jock Campbell... I think Jock Campbell deserves an opportunity. I'm trying to think who would miss out in the outside backs, who would be selected. You know, like the problem well, is people like Curly come back. Out. If Marika's yeah, out, I know. you just put dropping Marika, dropping Pattaya. So you've got two spots right there. Oh, yeah, I don't Pattaya. think they're not going to drop it. They're not going to drop Pattaya, though. They should. They, they won't. I, I think there's room. Obviously, I think Donaldson, Donaldson's another guy who I think would be worth taking. Considering yep. it, we're oh, yeah. this merry-go-round of tens, like we might as well. He, and he, he will great. be there, right? Because you got Bernard Foley, Noah, and Donaldson. That'd be assuming they take right? three. Yeah, yeah, they should take three. Yeah. But they hadn't. They didn't have three in the last little group, aside from Donaldson being there as like a development. It's this whole much problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other one, and you guys won't agree with me, but I think it's necessary to dip to um, ten. Sorry, 
depth in the 12 slot. I think someone out of the Bailey Quenzel or one of the Reds guys as a centre, as a more a pure centre, needs to be in there. I think we need to take one more. I'm, I'm still not convinced um, long-term Fichetti's sort of that next man up. Well, Fichetti's out. Yeah, yeah, I know. But like yeah. we've, that means we've got to develop yeah. like more. So because who's it going to be? If, if Sam is not there, we go, okay, well, well Curly Bill. Sorry. I think Curtly's an option. A 12. Yeah, with Foley. I never liked next Curtly, to Foley. 12. I didn't mind that 10 12 combination. I think that's well, they really well play off each other really well. But I mean, whether he has the real go for that we need at 12, probably not. He's more of a but, more and of a also we're player, talking about obviously. long term, right? Trying to develop yeah. someone. But... So I, I liked I liked Kunzel's directness. Um he's a big he's unit. got a lot he's a big unit. He's got a lot he can improve, but I think that the foundations there, I think he's a guy we should be working on. Um, I think he's going to play a big role in the force in coming years. As long as he stays there, like he'll be a, a central player to them. So him or Isaac Henry, Isaac Henry came on and he is a stocky, solid runner um, with decent hands. Like he's they're comparing he's, to Tim Horan. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And and you know the Reds, um, you know Hamish Stewart isn't there. Obviously, we've talked about him in the past, but he Hamish Stewart is a guy who's keeping Isaac Henry out of out of some opportunities. I think he's he or one of those types of, of runners out of the Reds probably deserves a go now while we're so horribly short at centre due to injury and and the um, Japanese side of things. You know, so, you know who'd probably be there and if he'd stuck around someone like Billy Meeks probably would have got an opportunity, but... Getting yeah. a bit old too. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, this, is, this is the year he I mean, probably won't find. This is Simone. This is Simone territory. Simone yeah, it should has be to be here. Simone. It has to be Simone. I think they... And maybe they'll, maybe they'll someone try to get him about that to bring him back in for spring tour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You kind of need him. Yeah, you actually Particularly might. Particularly if you're so, going to play Noah. So I think that's that's a critical one for me. I think we've got to find some more guys to develop there. And yeah, bringing Simone back in if we're serious about keeping him in and amongst our list of names, but otherwise some of the younger guys. So really, our biggest issue is number 12. I think everywhere else we've got a bit of and depth. 10. And prop, maybe. Yeah. We're, we're, we're flush for back rows. I think okay. we're Back three is pretty good. 10, so. honestly, I think we're we're in decent shape, particularly I know Hodge is, is a decent backup if you really get desperate. Curly Bill can do it. Noah, Foley, mm. Donaldson. I think we're okay. But yeah, I want to see some experimentation on this tour, though. Like, take the opportunity. I want to see mix up in our reason. attack. I'm sick of this just one-off hit-ups with no sort of even deception attempts at it. I just think it's so easy to but it was up and get times in, after those. Was it Adelaide where we looked really sharp against the Springboks? Yeah, it's not too long ago. If well, we can get it. back it's... to that sort of play. Yeah, but it's like we get if we get shunted back in the first phase that we just lose all our structure, and then all we can do is just do one-off hit-ups, and it just and it just makes it so easy to get a dominant hit from two or three tacklers and get over the top of us and turn over the ball, which was what was bit in puck. And what what do you reckon if Hooper's back? Does he go back straight into seven or off the bench? I think he has to come by. I think he said he said that he doesn't expect to go straight back in. And he said, he, I don't think he wants a captain. Not that you drop Samu, yeah. but maybe you drop Harry Wilson out again yeah. and Samu goes to eight. It's, um, it's, it's, he said he wants to come back and earn his spot. And, and yeah, the whole, you know, maybe taking the captaincy off his hands or him, him giving it back to saying, look, this isn't something I can sustain. That's, that's, that's part of where that talk of, oh, we'll get Karevi to be captain longer term. Um, all that sort of stuff came out. So I, I think that's fair. Like mm. Hooper for his own mental health needs to needs to find his like find a solid focus base again. Focus on himself. That's right. Not have any other sort of pressures on him. And I think he's the type of person who will feel like, no, I don't want to just be the, the guy who's entitled to come back here and take yeah. this. I want to earn my way back in. And that way I know I'm on solid ground. I'm not yeah. here because any other reason than I've earned it and I'm up to it. So I think that's great. That's really that's a really good um, sort of characteristic of Hooper coming out there. That he's he's pretty honourable. He's pretty humble. He wants to do it the right way, and it also I think is a blessing for Rennie because it means he can really free up 
yeah. his mind to select whoever he wants. He's not encumbered by that. I've always felt like Hooper and at now seven we've got was going to be three quality sevens in the squad. What? Yeah, yeah. What I'd, and what you I'd can mix and match see. horses for courses if it suits. What I'd love to see in this first game is you start like Samu Valentini and like Jed as your back row, and then like fifty or fifty-five minutes. Um, you take off one of your second rowers, move Jed back into lock, pull on Hooper, and then you trial that seven, eight with Simon, yeah. six with Valentini, and you see how I that you goes might see that. versus yeah. Scotland. And if they, and if Hooper still seems up to his stand, which I'm sure he probably will be, um, then you go, okay, moving forward against some of these tougher games, these Ireland games, um, France games, this is what we're going to try and focus on working on because this might be a very, very good sort of setup. Again, it's the thing that leaves us a little bit short in the lineup, but everywhere else um, around the park it's going to be good we just have to make sure we have yeah smart um smart work the line out and Samu can jump in the line out he's just not that tall but he does do it um yeah, he's so quite he's not he's quite good actually in yeah the like he can do it and i think if you play a game about that and you have some smart um locks that are good at reading the events and good at choosing it and you have consistent throwing you'll be fine so what what would your ideal backline be given the injury list for the first game against Scotland, who are you putting out there? Personally, I'd still put Gordon Foley as your 9-10. Gordon, really? Yeah. I'm not okay. putting White back in. I think you need to give Gordon a little bit more time. I think you saw some sharp work from him. And White, I think White seems to look better coming on late in these last couple of games. He looked a bit yeah. lacklustre sort of early in games. And I think... Gordon just purely looking at speed and just looking, and I know he hasn't been sniping a lot, but that is a potential for him. I think yeah. that's um, a good sign. 12 is just still going to be like, is Hunter there? Probably it's going to be Hunter Len, right? Like I yeah, can't probably. really see you go past that. Um, and then you're going to go Sully on one wing, Kellaway at fullback. And it's probably Tom Wright on the other wing still. Though I I'd, I'd sort of wouldn't mind seeing, giving someone else a go. I didn't know. That would Tom be. Wright's time is running short with the way he's been playing. I mean, I was couple. looking at Australia. I was like, do you give Mark Nwanganiswasi a bit more of a go? Like, you're talking about he's a liability who's, though. He's a liability. Yeah, he's a guy who can go really wrong for like three weeks. I know. To, like liabilityness, yeah. but I don't think yeah. you put him and Sully on the same um, no. team. No. Nwanganiswasi is like Tom Wright with a with a like more he's just more better insane yeah. top end. Like just crazy athletic, silly things, but also complete brain explosion. So you've got a huge range can, of outcomes for him. Yeah. At he's, least Tom Wright's really, now seasoned. This year, you need, you need two need seasoned guys say, if you're putting Suli in there. You know how bad he was last year. And then this year he's come on under Coleman. I think that's really helped. Yeah, he likes to settle down a lot. He, as a yeah. last, year, last year was the. I think he's really a fullback as well. Player. He can cover your fullback. I, well, he was like that, that crazy try scorer like Kellaway used to be for the yeah. under 20s and schoolboys and stuff. And obviously had a lot of hype around him and then disappointed. And that probably knocked his confidence significantly. I think it's just a, he's maturing. And hmm. I think Still he could a be dude. a real prospect. He yeah, he's huge. He could be a real prospect in 2027. I think the next few years hmm. are pivotal. But the raw, against the raw, raw tools are all there. He, he can be. Better than Pataya, I think. Um, he's a smarter player than Pataya, but I think he lacks confidence in those key moments sometimes and he second guesses himself. But I'm, I'm definitely seeing less of that. And just the couple of tries he scored last night were excellent. So maybe you do give him an opportunity. Um, maybe you do take him on tour, but I'm not sure he starts many of the games. No, I'm going to same height, five kilos short of George North. That's the kind of player. That's that's what went into my head. Is he 105 kilo? George North is 105. I no, I'm going to ask. He's 100. And they're both one, 193. Like, yeah, like he's as soon tall. as I was thinking, who, who does he remind me of? And that's who he reminds me of. And like, imagine the athleticism. He George North? He, he did. I was like, but surely they're not the same size, but they almost are. I feel like he's. And he doesn't so need to be that lanky. Bulky. Yeah, that's what I mean. But George North was just more, it was all chest and shoulders. Not only to us, he's probably thicker legs, but still quite broad in the shoulders and obviously gifted athletically, 
jump, you know, the sort of aerial side of things. He could be a bit of a flower. Yeah, for that's sure. He well could be. Falau, and like and, and I think the, the hype stuff coming through um, early on when he was first starting for the Tars, like obviously that's that's almost a case study in how not to treat a guy with massive potential because yeah. there's just so much build-up. And when it didn't come off every game, every minute, yeah, everyone it. got a bit disappointed. And it was that's completely it. unfair. Want to put all the emphasis on you. Let's do a full That's right. You should lead those guys to it. Really, so look, you love him, really we're going to give him opportunities. And then I blame Daryl Gibson. Yeah, exactly. Go so anyway, so, so let's not do that again. But um, yeah, in time, like... It's good that he hasn't like decided to bail and, and lost confidence. Um, he's got massive opportunity and potential. So bring him along casually. Don't don't push him into the wallabies too early. But definitely, again, with an eye on twenty twenty seven, he's he's a big asset we should be developing. So the only other thing that we have coming up is the rugby women's world cup kicking off here in. Um, well, in New Zealand, Auckland, and up north where I am in Whangarei over the next month or so. Opening ceremonies next weekend with a triple header at Eden Park, which is already sold over 30,000 tickets, which I believe will be breaking some records for um, women's test games. So great to see. Tough road ahead for the Aussies because they're in the same pool as the All Blacks, um, or the women's All Blacks, that have um, absolutely crushed us in the last couple of games. So very, very tough shout out, but um, those, all those games will be um, on and about. So if you're in New Zealand, get out and have a bit of a watch to some of these teams from around the world coming forward. It's another step forward in women's rugby as well, which is good to see. Um, we will obviously be back at some point um, during the spring tour, maybe a little bit um, intermittent on these ones, but we'll certainly come back to give a full wrap up of the year, hopefully of a few more. Um, all of his wins as well and hopefully get that running winning percentage up a, just a little bit higher come on let's let's get it a little bit higher a number that starts with a three is not not great at the moment um make sure you are liking and subscribing to us on social media and instagram um on instagram at running rugby podcast or on twitter at running rugby pod and liking and subscribing where we get your podcasts but from all of us here at the Running Rugby Podcast, peace out. We'll see you next time. But until then, keep on running. Run.